Welcome to the Salem Alliance Church Podcast. To learn more about Salem Alliance, including house churches, gathering times, and other resources, please visit us online at salemalliance.org. Today's talk is given by Rob Basham. Good morning again. Welcome again to those of you on live stream. We're so glad you're here. Listen, we are towards the end of our series, Overcomer. We are looking at the book of Revelation, and today we're going to continue in that. I find myself often dwelling on the past, and I realize that lessons from the past often determine what I'm going to do in the present. More so, I find myself considering the future and how the future actually influences the way I live my life in the here and now. Maybe you're here today and you're a high schooler and you just signed up for an AP class or you're going to stay up and study a little bit more for for that test that you have, partly because there's this imagined future. There's that school that you really want to get into, that university. And so your, your imagined future is influencing your present. Those of you watching over in Broadway, young adults, welcome. We're glad you guys are here. And some of you, you're looking for that perfect internship to set you apart from the others and build your resume because you're imagining that dream job that you hope to get down the road. Some of us are are not going out to eat right now. We're spending a lot of time on travel blogs and we have our desired vacation. We know where we're gonna go and our imagined future is determining what we do in the present. And that's what I wanna talk to us about today. See, today we're talking about our spiritual future. Today we're gonna be talking about heaven and I need you to bear with me but we are talking about heaven. I've been practicing this. This is, the N is the tricky thing. Heaven. Today we're talking about heaven. And I think we need to talk more about heaven. Heaven is just, it's our future. And yet we don't consider it. We don't dialogue about it enough. And so my question is, what is your picture of heaven, this eternal heaven, the new earth and the new heaven, when that comes to mind, what is in your mind right now? You see, when I talk to to friends who aren't followers of Christ, but even when I talk to people in the church, I feel that oftentimes we have an underdeveloped view of what heaven is. You see, so often I hear people say, you know, ah, well, I think it's kind of like this transcendent place. In fact, if you do a simple Google image search for heaven, it's all clouds. It's clouds and more clouds and more clouds. And look, God's glory is amazing. It can do more than create clouds. And so we need to to talk together. We need to build a more biblical reality of what heaven is, of this eternal city that Christ will one day Established, And that's what we're going to do today. I've heard many people say that they actually, you know, they can't wait to go to heaven, but they just really hope that Christ holds off coming back until they get married or until they have their kids or their grandkids or their great grandkids or until they retire. And as though it's kind of more about us. I've also heard people say, I'm not so sure I want to spend eternity that way. I think we have these misconceptions of what heaven really is. I've heard many people say, I'm actually anxious about the concept of heaven. Thinking about eternity brings up anxiety in me. This concept that it's all harps and clouds and Chris Tomlin on repeat forever and ever and ever. I get why it brings anxiety. 
Some of you don't want to go there because to you, heaven sounds like being like locked in Christian radio Caleb studios for eternity. And like, I don't want to go there either. That sounds more like the other place we've discussed in Revelation, to be honest. And so we need to paint a better picture of what heaven is. Yes, there's pearly gates. Yes, there are streets of gold. Is that really the most important thing that we dwell on? No, we'll read about that today. But church, what should we expect when Christ returns? You see, this eternal state that will be set up when Christ returns, I think it's different than many of us realize. I'm not the artist in my family. But here we are. This is us. You guys got that, right? This is us. This is our place. This is God's place. This is heaven. And I think many of us have this picture of heaven being an escape, this place that we will one day escape to. But church, as we're going to see here in Revelation 21, this is not how it's going to go down. We are not awaiting an escape where we travel off to some transcendent place where God exists. In fact, we're going to see in Revelation 1, 21, that actually heaven comes to earth and God dwells with us. God dwells with us. God's space, our space, will overlap one day, and it will be beautiful. We will see him face to face in all of his fullness. It will be a beautiful thing. It will bring smiles to our face. Uh, Some hair here, you know. There we go. Church, we need to build a better understanding of what heaven is. In many ways, it's our vision, a city at peace with God, realized the new Jerusalem, the new heavens and the earth come and overlap. I love the way the theologian N.T. Wright describes it. He says the New Testament picks up from the old the theme that God intends in the end to put the whole creation to rights. Earth and heaven were made to overlap with one another, not fitfully, mysteriously, and partially as they do at the moment but completely, gloriously, and utterly. The great drama will end not with saved souls being snatched up into heaven, away from the wicked earth and mortal bodies which have dragged them down into sin, but with the new Jerusalem coming down from heaven to earth so that the dwelling of God is with man, so that the dwelling of God is with humans. Church, I believe that we need a more compelling image of what heaven is, a more biblical, compelling understanding. And I believe that that compelling image will compel us to share an image Christ to our world. That compelling image will compel us to image God to our world. So today I want to broaden our view. So let's take a look at Revelation 21, and you can turn there if you want. You can go there on your app, but I'm going to put it on the screen. I'm going to be looking at the first five verses, and I'm going to jump down and read 22 to the end of the chapter. And while I read this, can I encourage you to see and look for what is present in this new heaven and new earth and what is not present in the new heaven and the new earth? Revelation 21. Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the old heaven and the old earth had disappeared, and the sea was also gone. 
And I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down from God out of heaven like a bride beautifully dressed for her husband. I heard a loud shout from the throne saying, look, God's home is now among his people. He will live with them and they will be his people. God himself will be with them. He will wipe every tear from their eyes and there will be no more death or sorrow or crying or pain. All these things are gone forever. And the one sitting on the throne said, look, I am making everything new. Notice he doesn't say I'm making new everything. I am making everything new. And then he said to me, write this down for what I tell you is trustworthy and true. Then in verse 22, we pick it up. I saw no temple in the city, for the Lord God Almighty and the Lamb are its temple. And the city has no need of sun or moon, for the glory of God illuminates the city, and the Lamb is its light. The nations will walk in its light, and the kings of the world will enter the city in all their glory. Its gates will never be closed at the end of the day because there is no night there. And all the nations will bring their glory and honor into the city. Nothing evil will be allowed to enter, nor anyone who practices shameful idolatry and dishonesty, but only those whose names are written in the Lamb's book of life. This is the word of the Lord. Church, Revelation 21. We get to talk about heaven. What is present, what isn't present. God dwelling with us, with humankind, means that certain things will not be present. The first thing that jumps out to me is the sea. The sea is not there. That is a very key sentence. You see, I don't look at that literally. I think that some of us will have beachside condos in heaven. I believe we'll have sea views. I hope that there's a sea there because I really want to learn to sail and it hasn't happened yet. So I don't look at that literally. But as we have seen throughout Revelation, the sea is the place where chaos and evil arise. It is the dark force. It represents the dark force that comes to disrupt God's plans for his people. You see, the sea is where the beast, the first monster, came from. And over and over in Revelation and throughout Scripture, we see this. So we don't want to move past this too quickly. See, this is the culmination of the war in Revelation. In the new creation, this declares it is finished. There will be no more sea, no more chaos, no more crashing waves, no place from which monsters or evil can come and emerge again. It means it's finished. It means that there will never be that threat of evil again. The threat is gone. The sea is gone means the threat of evil is gone. There is no sea. The second thing I see here is there's no death, pain, or even tears. In this new reality, there will be no pain in childbirth. There will be no COVID fevers. There will be no masks. Amen. See, I'm not going to spend a lot of time here because it really is tough for my mind to intellectually grasp what it means for there to be no pain and no sorrow and no lament. 
There will be no lament for the terrible violence and shootings that we have seen in our country in the last two months. From the Atlanta spa to the FedEx shooting to another black body hitting the pavement way too young of an age. Over 50 shooting deaths already in the month of April. There will be no lament for that. There will be no more violence, no more funeral, no more pain, no more tears, no more crying. Heaven will be a place of peace. The other thing we see is there will be no sun and moon. How can that be? Yet it's not dark in any way. The new creation radiates with light. But the thing that stands out the most to me and what would have stood out to a first century reader of this vision is that there is no temple. There is no temple. How can there be no temple in the center of the city, the place where God's presence dwells to provide the guidance it was the cloud by night, day and the, the fire by night, the holy of holies that led the people. That's no longer here. How can there be no temple? You see, it makes it clear that the whole city is the temple. The entire city is the temple. God is dwelling there. Literally, he is tabernacling with his people in this city. The word, logos, among us, dwelling with us as he did with Adam and Eve before the fall. Church, it's amazing. The bride and the groom will feast together face to face. And because God's immense presence is there, dwelling among his people, there are some things that will be present. The first of which is peace. We will have peace realized in its fullness. Notice that the gates do not close. There is peace, no one to keep out, no one to keep in and protect. No need for borders. The borders are open, the coming and going happens. Why can we go out of the city? Because we get to go and create and explore and enjoy what God has set up for us. The other thing that we see that is present here are nations and cultures. Nations and cultures, I love this. The kings of the earth will enter the city with all their glory. What does this mean? I believe it means that the wealth of food, dress, architecture, literature, drama, dance, music, all aspects of culture will be present and fully redeemed and beautiful. This will not be some Epcot Center attempt to create a facade of all cultures. This will be the real thing, fully realized. It will be incredible. The diversity of perspective that will be in existence. The celebration of unity, not uniformity. It will be amazing to see the celebration of the beautiful aspects cleansed and redeemed with no walls of hostility between tribes and people. Just the fullness of every tribe and culture. Even languages that once brought confusion in the time of the Tower of Babel have been redeemed to declare who Jesus is. The light of the Lamb will also be present. What was once in the Holy of Holies in the temple within the city now is filling the entire city. The radiance and the brightness of the Lamb's presence is so great that there is no sun, there is no moon, there is no need. I find it fascinating that it is the Lamb that was slain that is the light. 
We've been talking a lot about the way of the lamb here in Revelation. I love the way Eugene Peterson puts it. He says, the ruined creation of Genesis is restored in the sacrifice renewed creation of Revelation. The sacrificed renewed creation. It is the blood of the lamb. The lamb is present in center and its light shines to all. The final thing that I see here is the fullness of God's glory. Very present is the fullness of God's glory. His Shekinah glory. This week, go back and read the details of the city. See its dimensions. See that its height is also included. Why is its height included? Because just like the Holy of Holies, the dimensions included length, width, and height. And so does the city to testify once again that it is the temple. The entire thing is the temple. Go back and see John struggling to capture the extravagance and the beauty of the vision which he is given. Look at his words that he uses to establish this. You see, we see in Isaiah 6 and in Habakkuk, we see that the earth is full of God's glory. That dimension will be fully realized when heaven touches earth. The blessed assurance that we sing of that foretaste of glory divine will be realized. Church, we must broaden our view of heaven. I realize that Revelation 21 probably creates more questions than it does answers for you, and I encourage you to talk about it, to ask those questions. Heaven is a mystery. I don't have all the answers, and I don't know anyone that does. But can I encourage you to dialogue on it? What's happening outside the city gates? Great question. How is there heat? Does the lamb radiate heat as well as light? Great question. Maybe your mind goes to creating things like I'm already developing like extra thick light blocking curtains for heaven. If your entrepreneurial mind is like mine, we should talk. We could get some businesses going. And, but I encourage you to have fun with it, to create, to talk about it. Have these conversations in your house, church. Have these conversations around the dinner table. Have these conversations in the halls at Capitol Manor. But can I encourage you to dialogue about heaven because our future And our hope for the future determines what we do even in the now. We need to talk about it. If you're interested in learning more about heaven, a couple places I'd invite you to go to. One, Randy Alcorn wrote a book called Heaven. It's a pretty solid title. I encourage you to check it out. You can read much of it online for free. Chapter 22 is a great chapter. I encourage you to check out the Bible Project's videos, Heaven and Earth. But more than any place, I encourage you to look at Scripture. To look at scripture with a lens of this future reality that will one day be ours. Because church, we have to have a more compelling vision of heaven than just clouds. You see, because the future determines how we act in the present, we need to be compelled to image heaven to our world. You see, when Jesus came, he inaugurated the kingdom of heaven. It started to be realized when he was on earth. He continually would say things like, the kingdom of God is at hand. It is here. It is beginning. He taught us to pray on earth as it is in heaven. In church, it's important that we grasp this. You see, here on earth, in our place, we are catching glimpses of heaven in the here and now. And we're blessed to live in the Pacific Northwest, so we catch more glimpses of heaven than any other place on earth. Amen? 
But not only do we get to catch glimpses of heaven, we get to create glimpses of heaven in the here and now. Not only do we get to create glimpses of heaven in the here and now, we are ourselves glimpses of heaven to our world in the here and now. You see, the Spirit of God dwells in and on us, and because of that, God's space and our space are overlapping more and more. We are the mobile temples. We are bringing the peace of Christ everywhere that we step. Church, we are the bride. We are the preview of the heaven that is to come. We are the coming attraction ourselves, the church. And so the question needs to be asked, what does it look like? How can we be the glimpses of heaven that our world needs? How can we be that compelling image for our world? You see, as Brian shared last week, we have an authority that was given to us. The keys of the kingdom have been handed to you. The same spirit that raised Christ from the dead now lives in us. And so with these keys in hand, church, We need to be that glimpse of the kingdom that Christ inaugurated, that he began. We need to be the peacemakers making things right. We need to see the injustices and break them. We need to stand in the gaps. We need to give voice to the oppressed, to the powerless, to the voiceless. We need to heal the sick. We need to deliver those that are bound. We need to be Christ in our world. Church, we, with the keys in hand, are a glimpse of what is to come. We are a glimpse of the true appreciation of every tribe, culture, and language and their ways of thinking. We, the church, are the ones who should be tearing down the walls of hostility and racism that that pervade our country and our world. We are the kingdom of heaven at hand. We are the peace of Christ everywhere we step. See, this is a big deal for us in our future, but also in the here and now. Because this current reality and what we do with the keys we've been given, this is our hands-on practicum. Our current reality is our hands-on practicum preparing us for eternity. I love the way the theologian Dallas Willard puts it. He says, a place in God's creative order has been reserved for each of us. From the beginnings of the cosmic existence, his plan is for us to develop as apprentices to Jesus to the point where we can take our place in the ongoing creativity of the universe. Our future reality orders our current behaviors. And so what are we doing with the talents that we've been entrusted with in the here and now? Are we burying our talents, hoping that he comes back soon, looking to escape what is in front of us? Or are we investing our talents? Are we bringing others along? Are we making the things that are not the way they should be right again? Church, we have a role. We have a role to rule and reign with Christ in the here and now as we will in the future. Our future won't be fully realized until Jesus returns and God's space and human space overlap fully and perfectly again. One day we will exist in heaven. We will be in the throne room ruling with him. But church, in the meantime, we are a foretaste of heaven in the here and now. And so this week, every time you grab your keys, church, can I encourage you to be that glimpse Every time you grab your keys, would you, may you be that person of peace? 
The keys of the kingdom have been handed to you. So every time you grab your keys this week, will you be a celebrator of cultures and diversity? Will you be one who tears down the walls of hostility? Every time you grab your keys this week, may you be that healer of sickness and shame. May we collectively be the coming attraction. We, the church, let's pray. Jesus, we just bless your name. You are a creative God, and you choose to invite us into that creativity. So, Lord, I just release courage in the here and now that we will be your rule and your reign, that we will see things and say, that's not right, and we will fix it in the here and now. And, Lord, would you give us the ability to wait on your return? Would that blessed hope spur us in the here and now? We love you. We long for the day that we will get to worship you face to face. But in the here and now, we worship you with our voices. Receive our offerings. May they be a pleasing aroma to you. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening to the Salem Alliance Church Podcast. We hope you've been challenged and inspired. Salem Alliance is a community of believers located in downtown Salem, Oregon, and we are passionate about our city being a city at peace with God. To experience other messages and discover more about who we are, please visit at salemalliance.org or download the Salem Alliance app. And again, thanks for listening.